welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is Life Pairings. Because life is hard. So pair it with alcohol. You've paid your Ticketmaster tax got a beer, your comfy dancing shoes, and the ability to scream for the next two hours. Get ready as today's life pairing is concerts and mostly Canadian beer. We're discussing Kanye, heroin beer, and acid-laced wine. Yee. <laughs> yeah, that last one, that's okay. Yeah, that, I'm interested. <laughs> last week it was baby mommies, and now Carla's coming to the table with acid-laced wine. <laughs> so it makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy, what does uh, what do co- going to concerts mean to you? They used to be a very fun outing time. I uh, spent a lot of time in London, got to see every single band that I pretty much loved. It was great times. Now I'm a little old. Standing yeah. for that long is hard. <laughs> <I> <laughs> but still still love it. Man, I love it. I, I, I can't wait till stuff comes back because I really did absolutely love going and being part of, you know, like, a, you know, a scene in your city and getting to see new bands and 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 new things and stuff and i used to in my younger days <laughs> go to a lot of different outdoor concerts right right now now these days if i go to an outdoor concert i'm just like you want me to shit where <laughs> like i'm a little cheesed but before i just remember like opening up the tent and pissing directly outside my tent <laughs> which was like you would like you by the midway through the weekend of the concert like coachella you'd just be like listen i'm not walking <laughs> 24 meters in the middle of the night so yeah. uh and actually one of the people that i uh, loved going to concerts with uh my very best friend since the time i was eight years old is here with us today because uh, concerts mean a lot to her and uh, we couldn't think of a better person uh who knew more about music and uh, was uh, funner to be around than our dear friend lena Yay! Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, buddy. What do concerts mean to you? Give us a little rundown. Well, yeah, I mean, I just I love music. I love getting out, um, the party scene. Yeah, just a love of music, being around people. Just always was just a, such a fun time. Right on. Well, yeah, it's uh, Lena really does. She's like a music encyclopedia. So like since we were young, she always kind of and also just like had her finger on the pulse of the scene all the time. Like I always feel like we'd be listening to something and I'd be like, who's you know, who's this? And she'd be like, oh, you know, they're kind of underground and stuff like that. And she made me fall in love with the Pixies and yeah, a bunch of other stuff. She's uh, pretty rad. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> uh, this week uh, we are uh, discussing the psychology of live music. Why? Why is it helpful? Do you know? Why is it helpful? It's Brittany? good for you, buddy. It's. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, I did a little googling. I've. Uh, I've. I really dove in headfirst to this one this week. Dr. Patrick Fagan. He is a behavioral science professor. Reported that taking in just twenty mu- minutes of live music every two weeks improves the levels of self-perceived wellness by more than twenty percent. And more than two-thirds of the respondents of this study said that their shared experience of watching music with other people made them feel happier, healthier, compared to just listening to music alone. So, like, being in a crowd, being with people and sharing, like, this amazing experience of, you know, having friends around and and viewing something maybe the first time together is really, really beneficial. Yeah, as much as when I'm older now that I don't go to concerts as much, there's still definitely that you're like, oh, I gotta stand, I gotta wait in line for drinks, I can't go to the bathroom for the next two hours. 
but there is something about it when you come out of it at the end of the night that just feels amazing and you feel like you've had this shared experience that that there's nothing like it it's not like going to see a film it's not like even going to see a play it's not the same it's totally different no it's it's just like share this shared love of of like this live event that's going on and it releases endorphins i was actually looked into uh six of the major things that affect you when you're listening to music number one it's a stress reducer yeah Attending a musical performance decreases the release of cortisol and other stress hormones. According to the study by the researchers of Imperial College London, published in February in the Journal of Public Health, uh, the researchers found that cortisol levels of 117 people uh, studies dropped significantly after attending a concert. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pain relief. Some of these I'm just like, is it pain relief? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. It feels like it's like, okay, it's like the same people who are writing the gardening articles who are just like, did you know you can cure cancer by planting mint? And you're like, that's not fucking true, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so they said there's a there's an element of pain relief, perhaps that you forget. Yeah. Yeah. That your feet hurt because you've been standing there. I'm sure if you're having massive back problems, they're not, <laughs> you're not like at a concert being like, oh, oh God. <laughs> also, like uh, the whole point of us pairing life events was uh, with alcohol is just to reduce pain relief of being alive <laughs> without being drunk. So perhaps factor that into your yeah. equation. This podcast causes. Uh, <laughs> this uh, Listening to the Life Pairings podcast causes a sense of pain relief. <laughs> <laughs> medical <laughs> who like i like i don't think a medical doctor wrote this it's like yeah. the doctor of floofy mcfloof town wrote this <laughs> it offers a sense of connection and community i would agree with that yeah yeah absolutely i'd, I'd say that there's a connection and uh, with everybody that you're with we just discussed that an opportunity to reflect on your life <sighs> that's another yep. one where i'm like <laughs> maybe if you're at an enya concert <laughs> <laughs> i often do reflect on my life after a substantial amount of drugs i took from somebody else's pocket i'm like oh boy i gotta make some different choices it's good exercise you're out you're jumping you're smashing beers at the same rate you're jumping so good uh, bicep curls (laughs) but constant bicep curls of (laughs) disgusting beer and then it offers a sense of well-being uh people who regularly attend musical performances have a a higher feeling of well-being and those who don't according to a study by the researchers at deakin university in australia published in 2016 in the sage journals oh boy I wish I had read the Sage journals before I started speaking. The researchers interviewed over a thousand people to gain insight into the relationship between their engagement with music and a sense of well-being. Their findings revealed that engaging with music by dancing and attending musical events was associated to a higher sense of well-being uh, than those who didn't engage in these forms. This is pretty wishy-washy fucking... Like, it's just like, hey, when the music was on, did you find a self sense of well-being? And people are like, I guess. They're like, all right, that's a check mark in the U.S. department. So. Doing science. Yeah. So that's my uh, all in all, Carla and Lena. Good. Uh, good for you. Ooh, we've got a good, good one then. Yeah, no, that's very great information. I always feel great after a show, let me tell you. (laughs) You know what? My sense of well-being is uh, decreased slightly the next morning after my sense of well-being has been overtly increased (laughs) so yeah that's that that's my that's my study that's my study for the so i think we were gonna get uh lena to talk about one of her memorable concerts you've been to many many festivals you've been to coachella 
you've been mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um, you, we were supposed to go to the Big Valley Jamborees. And then <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> and we are kind of thankful for it. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a total disaster. Um, but yeah, like you said, like we're getting so much older. And I don't know that I could have done that no, again. <laughs> no, I'm not peeing out of a tent. I want someone to give me, you know a pretty soap and a nice hand oh towel. yeah like thinking back to the time at Coachella and Squamish that um Brittany and I went to like it was crazy like we were filthy and we like we were so high and drunk for like four days I always was crazy sick after yeah I just couldn't imagine doing it now yeah like because I have no self-control like I'm not gonna go as an old person and just like have a night I'm gonna go crazy yeah and I can't handle it well I think you have to because otherwise it's it's like three four days of music that gets boring if you're just doing that that's too much that's too much yeah music. i agree do you want to tell us about your memorable concert well this is kind of a weird one um and it might be kind of an unpopular opinion for some people <laughs> but um back in 2008 <laughs> Brittany won a two tickets to see kanye west oh. in calgary at the saddle dome and was this before Kanye became came crazy? Yeah, so yeah, okay. in 2008. So yeah, quite, like quite a while ago. Yeah, so she called into the radio and they were like, oh, you won these tickets. But yeah, when uh, free tickets and then so uh, me and Lena went and I, I think we were just kind of like Kanye was like, like kind of at the beginning of getting big, you know. Right. He played at the Saddle Dome, which is uh, our hockey arena, but it was like a huge sold out concert. But I feel like in the last like two years, he had really gotten a lot bigger. Yeah, definitely. He was touring off of his third album, uh, the Graduation album. So the first three al- Kanye albums, like I love. Since then, with his auto tune and his erratic behavior, I haven't <laughs> really been into him but um and i actually (laughs) i actually didn't even really know that i liked him so much and this is a show that britney and i never would have gotten tickets to just ourselves like we just happened like because she won and i think it was like that day we went like that night to the show so yeah it was he um he performed like all these great songs lupe fiasco opened n-e-r-d was there so like pharrell um and rihanna had just she was just blowing up and so she was there and she opened. She was like the first opener. Um, so that was really cool. And this was like before she was big. Like obviously she exploded. Yeah. Like after that. So um, and one kind of interesting thing just with the show was so obviously Chris Brown and Rihanna were together. Mm. Chris Brown showed up to do a remix of the Umbrella song with her. Oh, yeah. Um, so this was before obviously he beat the shit out of her and yeah. became the biggest scum of the world. <laughs> So that was just a really cool thing to look back on. Um, I know that his sets and everything was just so cool. I was just really impressed, and it's something I never, Britney too, I don't think we never would have gone. Yeah. And um, it was just like a really, I don't know, it was a really fun show, like all the opening acts, and yeah, no, it was awesome. And obviously, yeah, we'd had about 400 heroin beers, which I know (laughs) we'll be discussing. Oh, yay! (laughs) And so that was good, and yeah, anything to add there, B? Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, it was um it was like like Lean said it was like it was something that we maybe not would have not gone to but being exposed to and despite himself professing uh himself as a genius. I think he's now god. Oh, he's god yeah, now. Sorry. Well, yeah, I would have yeah. left him at genius level yeah. because like quite <laughs> like you know truthfully those first, you know, three albums were amazing. And they were like they really were something different and something unique. Yeah. And then because we had been going to so many concerts like like outdoor concerts like we had mentioned 
having all those acts on one stage almost felt like a little gift from the music gods to us that was like rihanna chris brown lupe fiasco pharrell kanye like that's a lot of stuff to see feels very crazy for being in calgary yeah you know alberta canada like what were they doing all in one city at one time But uh, yeah, so it was fantastic. And then um, a couple years after that, actually, like like I had mentioned, we had gone to Coachella and we saw Kanye again. And we had reflected on how wonderful that concert was the first time and been like, oh my God, I wonder what he's going to do. And it was just above and beyond anything I've ever seen before. Like he came out with a full choir in white. And this was oh, before wow. the, the newer stuff he's doing, the right. Sunday service that he does. Yeah. But he, is, uh, he, they, he had this full choir in white singing and it was so angelic it just really was like beautiful i mean was i on drugs yes <laughs> was it still awesome it was amazing and they were it was beautiful and then he came out of the middle of the crowd so you're waiting for wow. con like these people sang for like what i felt like was like 20 minutes into a concert and you're like where's kanye yeah and then you're just like immediately annoyed with him like you're like oh this is so kanye to like he probably didn't even show up. and then he like emerged all in white oh, from God. the middle of the crowd yeah and it was just, I mean, uh, to me, one of the, maybe the uh, highlights of uh, seeing anybody ever. It was, it was fantastic. That's yeah. Awesome. So, that was awesome. so yeah, I, I have to say, I have to agree with Lena that that was probably uh, opened our world up to uh, Kanye. And like hip hop too. Cause before that I'd never really been to a hip hop show. Like it was always like, it like some pop shows and stuff, but I think that was like the first like rap concert I'd ever been to, yeah. which is embarrassing. No, me too. And that's since... Yeah, we've since seen a bunch of stuff and gone to even more festivals and just checked, I mean, so many, so many other great groups. But yeah, no, that Coachella, Kanye, I have to, I have to say, like, I have to stress that I'm not a fan of him personally. (laughs) It sounds like I'm the biggest diehard Kanye fan and I'm not, but his shows are great. I mean, he is a musical genius. I'm haven't really listened to anything he's done lately, but yeah, no, those are great. Oh, I, yeah, we we saw so much good shit at Coachella, and oh yeah, yeah, like so much cool. Yeah, Arcade oh, Fire yeah. was a highlight. Um, we actually we were weekend one of when they brought the Tupac hologram for um, Snoop and Dre's. Oh yeah, that's right. So because Coachella has two weekends, so the first weekend's always like kind of the surprise, and the second weekend um, they kind of do the same thing. So if you if right. you get tickets to weekend one. You can see some really like cool stuff, and yeah, that Tupac shit was <laughs> like Snoop, Do- Snoop Dogg was like obviously high as fuck, and like he was just <laughs> blazing blunt after blunt, and then he was like talking to this hologram. <laughs> Sorry, Snoop was talking to the hologram, and he was like responding to him, and so like everyone bad. obviously in the crowd was stoned as fuck. Yeah. So who fucking knows if this is that accurate? But <laughs> it was really really cool. Yeah, and it was like that was another one that we were like blown away by like uh extra performance not extra performance but like the uh, ensemble cast that was Eminem, Tupac, uh hologram, Dre, Snoop, Kendrick Lamar, Fiddy I think was there. Yeah, like it was just like oh, so like Kanye opened up our world to like hip hop concerts and then within a year we had seen Dre, Snoop, Pac, like and the fun Oh, Wu-Tang Clan was at Coachella as well. Wow. Yeah, like it was, it was just like, it, it like rocked our world. And then also my favorite thing from the Tupac performance was, because it truly was like, it looked like he was walking out. Right. Like, I mean, you could obviously pull out the flaws of the hologram within like, you know, maybe 10 minutes. But the first, like he, it looked like he walked out on stage and these two guys in front of me and Lena went, uh, 
there were two guys in front of us and uh one of them was like as soon as Pac walked out the hologram he was like i told you he was still alive <laughs> and then his buddy just took out 20 bucks out of his wallet and gave it to him <laughs> and it was so funny because it was just like part of you was like oh my god is yeah. is Pac back like did he not die like yeah. it was unbelievable that's crazy that's crazy yeah. i have it was absolutely unreal i have a very different situation with my gigs i went to much more like i spent a lot of time in london a lot of small venues london has some of the most amazing venues there's i've never been to a, like an arena show there because that's gonna be you know the really really big stuff but i've seen you know you it's really nice too to see a band when they first start i remember yeah um I can't remember who it was, but the band was taking pictures of the audience at this festival we were at because they were so excited to be there. And oh, oh yeah, that's got to be like the thing, like someone who performs. It's like sometimes you walk out and you go, oh, my God, is there 3000 people here? Like yeah. you're just like, how do I even like I'm I'm sure like on a level where you're walking out into a crowd and there's all those people. The band is thinking we made it. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. And even, I mean, sometimes when you're at those festivals, there's only 50 people in a tent. But I think that's still... <laughs> I try to be as, as enthusiastic as possible at that point. Yeah. Um, I've also been to a lot of gigs in the basement of a coffee shop where the ceiling is four feet high. And So uh, you want to do a little history story? I'd love to hear a history story, Carlita. Right. So for today's history story, we're going to talk about combining coked out Rolling Stones... The Hells Angels and a field in the middle of nowhere. Woohoo! Uh, so this is the the Rolling Stones Altamont Free Concert. So this is back in December 6, nineteen sixty nine, four months after Woodstock. Oh wow! So Woodstock, obviously, was this huge, huge thing. They didn't know whether it was going to work. They were charging for tickets, and then on the day they were just like, "Well, I don't know." But I mean, it was planned for eight months. So oh, wow. the uh, Rolling Stones were doing their American tour in 1969 towards the, the latter part of that after Woodstock. And they decided to get together with the Grateful Dead and throw their own free concert. <laughs> in the uh, And they wanted it to be the Woodstock West. Also, every you should know that everything the Grateful Dead does comes with like the Grateful Dead, the deadheads that follow them, uh-huh. which is like uh, just an experience in itself because... <laughs> They're all whacked right out on jujubes. Mm. Um, and the Grateful Dead had put on a bunch of successful free concerts in Golden Gate Park in the middle of San Francisco. Right. So no one really thought this was going to be a big deal. But because they had decided to involve the Rolling Stones, who were in the process of doing their totally like unbelievable amount of drugs, destruction, just kind of being a bit of a mess... <laughs> That the city of San Francisco did not give them a permit for Golden Gate Park. And so then they decided they were going to throw it at Sears Point Speedway in Sonoma. Okay. My favorite place in the world because that's where wine comes from. (laughs) Uh, And that had all the amenities. So they would have had like toilets, people that work there, staff, all that stuff. My word, we are a simple folk. It had all the amenities. (laughs) Toilets, staff. (laughs) Water. Water. Charcuterie plate. A charcuterie board as you enter. If it didn't have a charcuterie board, who, good God, that's all they need is water and a charcuterie board. But they, the Speedway wanted $100,000 up front because 
obviously they're knowing that it's probably going to be kind of a little bit of a mess. A little disastrous. Yeah. And they wanted 10% of the profits of the film that was being done um, for the Stones on their tour. So two days before the Stones were like, nah, we don't want to do that. We don't want to pay you any money. So we'll just we'll just find our own place. Okay. <laughs> my OCD and just like the part of me that needs things to go according to plan was just like, no, oh, my asshole's clenched pretty tight for this next part of the story. Well, but it was the it was the free sixties. You just you just go with the flow and things just show up. Which shows that the Rolling Stones had never planned anything ever in their right. lives. Um, so they found Dick Carter's Altamont Speedway. Okay. Which, 36 hours beforehand, they had a four feet high stage. So because the original place was up on a hill, that was fine that it had a four foot, five, four foot high stage. Okay. In the other, this new one, it was in a valley. So you would have the audience standing right by you, basically, not being able to see you because it's four feet high. Right. Also, they have no amenities. There's rusted cars, crumbling racetrack. It was littered with trash. 60 miles outside of San Francisco, so basically in the middle of nowhere. People just showed up camping, using the fencing as firewood. (laughs) (laughs) People, you have to give it to these deadheads. They, uh... (laughs) are resourceful yes yes and so obviously they were worried about people rushing the stage so who do you go for when you want to get a little security well if you're the stones you don't ask the police god no that'd be uncool Mm anti-cool so i don't offer the hell's angels a motorcycle gang 500 dollars in beer to do the security <laughs> you know you know what i would never have pegged the hell's angels to be sellouts but it, appe- no. it would appear as though they're they don't give a shit no well maybe it was just the time they what a minute they, wanted, they wanted to see the stones uh so yeah so n- not not a great setup going into it i mean 36 hours they changed the venue so everybody has to like can you imagine if you were going to a, an outdoor concert for people like Brittany and i have massive anxiety issue <laughs> and they're like well now you're going somewhere else figure it out no camping okay bye i'd be like actually you know what i'm doing i'm taking some out of van and going back to bed but 20 year old Brittany would have been into it yeah so i mean yeah no water no toilets no security besides your friendly biker gang so people were getting a little rambunctious i suppose there was also maybe some wine jugs laced with acid going around, and it was bad acid, you know. You know, bassid. Yeah. <laughs> compared to the really good acid. Yes. <laughs> and compared to the really good wine acid that we all know and love. They were giving out blue tiger monkey instead of looty poot bathtub. Have you ever heard the names of acid? They're always like, it's banana rampage. And we're like, none, okay. <laughs> Like, uh, you just, like, get your unhigh. Like, I feel like after an acid trip, you're like, that was banana rampage. <laughs> so, Jefferson Airplane played. That Santana was there. And then one of the uh, Jefferson Airplane members jumped off stage because there was a bit of a uh, bust up. Sorry. <laughs> Do- I feel like a dork. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I wanted to say fracas. And I was like, that's not the right word. Like, I, here's what happened was my body language didn't stay inside my body. And when Carla said I'd bust up, I was like, what? 
sorry, there was a fracas in the <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> in front of the stage. So he jumps down and may have called one of the Hells Angels a punk, which apparently back then meant that he was calling him gay, which I don't I've Used to be an insult, and now it's yeah. a compliment, which we are very happy about. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Yeah, it's June. It's Pride Month. Pride. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he got punched and beaten up by an HA or Hell's Angel. So that was one of the members of Jefferson Airplane. Oh, oh I actually, I love Jefferson Airplane. I don't usually like older bands. But, um, yeah, no, I love them. And Grace Slick, um, I read her autobiography. Like, she's pretty old. Yeah. I encourage everyone to read it because she has fucked a lot of those old <laughs> rock stars, and she seems pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's that. Maybe, maybe she fucked some of them at this concert. I'm sure she <laughs> fucked everybody. <laughs> that's awesome. So... It's getting a bit violent. Everything's going bad. People are... The thing was, okay, so they had to protect this stage from all the people that were there 300,000 people showed up they only were expecting 100,000 people 100 hell's angels so for some reason they thought the hell's angels thought it would be good that they would park their bikes in front of the stage which is also what they were trying to protect so then obviously people when they're at a gig everybody pushes forward and maybe they bump your bike now if you're a hell's angel that is your livelihood fair enough <laughs> i love how you complimented them with the idea that that's their life they're drug dealers hey, <laughs> they're hey, drug dealers of motorcycle. i have high respect for them me they too would like to buy me some beers well you know what here's a funny thing to me is i love the idea of like because like there's like this big like brooding you know guy who's in a gang and that's scary and he's security and you wouldn't want to fuck with them unless you have uh, 300,000 other friends. <laughs> so you go from like being frightened of somebody and like respecting them to being like, hey, vest boy, <laughs> give it a rest. And stop being so homophobic if you're wearing a leather vest because I have some other questions. <laughs> but yeah, people are getting a bit violent because they were all drunk and they there's nothing there. There's no water. It's a mess. It's a mess. Um, and also there was this bad acid that was going around. There was no medical personnel, which obviously now that's a thing you have to have. So the Grateful Dead show up in their in their helicopter, take okay. one look at this, and go like, uh-uh, and head back to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. They were like, hey, uh, remember all those peaceful people we had at concerts in a park? This yeah. is not them. This is not them. They're not there. So Hells Angels are hitting people with pool cues. I guess this is a thing that maybe they did back then before guns. That seems uh, <laughs> that seems like barroom tactics yeah. exploited on us. A, a little confusing. So stones come out. Everybody rushes the stage. So it's nighttime now. By the time they get to play Sympathy for the Devil, which is one of my favorites, they had to actually stop the song in the middle and be like, guys, calm down. <laughs> I think they were like, stop fighting. Why are we fighting? Void in front of the stage opens up. And of course, because this is America and our world, a black man in a lime green suit comes out. He is holding a gun because his sister had told him, if you're going to go to North California, where it's probably pretty racist... Bring a gun because you could be probably beaten up. Yeah, protect so he, yourself. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't load it. So he just wanted to use it as like a 
deterrent. But instead, an, a Hells Angels member, and they have this on video, like jumps at him from the back and stabs him in the neck uh, three times, and he dies right in front of the stage. His name was Meredith Hunter. He was 18 years old. Jesus Christ. So the Stones were like, well, we're done. We're getting the fuck out of here. Uh, they caught a helicopter out, which is <laughs> so over to the top. <laughs> that is a little over top. That's like Louis the Fourteenth looking over the you know the balcony and at all the poor folk and being like, "Whoops, sorry." <laughs> so this, listen, Mick Jagger slash yeah. Louis, we know what you're up to. <laughs> so this kind of and it was this, it was like December 1969. This was kind of and has been put out as this symbol of. The end of the free love hippie culture um, ending the 60s decade. Now, fun story I heard from, uh, there's a really good podcast called Disgraceland. Apparently, they didn't pay the Hells Angels. They're $500 a beer. Oh my god. That seems like a pretty easy thing to cover, Mick. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) Mick Jagger was staying, this is way later, he was staying at Andy Warhol's house in Montauk in new york so the hell's angels decide to go uh kill him which is oh yeah i mean (laughs) a deal's a deal i guess so (laughs) but they took a boat out from new york i guess they couldn't drive i don't know what happened to their bikes their bikes or their boats i guess that's maybe that's their thing bikes and boats yeah (laughs) the boat capsized they never got to montauk Mick Jagger still alive. So that's my uh, my history story. That was pretty fantastic. Yeah, that was. I didn't know any of that. That's that's really awesome. Very cool. Yeah. A friend of mine had mentioned the 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 concert in the park that had gone completely wrong and everything yeah. like that. I think he was living in San Francisco at the time. Really? Yeah. Um. And he was. He had said that it was just like an absolute chaotic nightmare. It's one of those things that it basically sounded like everything. Not that they. I feel like they did a lot. I think there was just this expectation that everybody was free love, so we'll just, everything will be fine. I'm like, free love doesn't make bathrooms, guys. Isn't you know, it a... makes chlamydia a prevalent problem <laughs> in society. But uh, that was fantastic, Carla. Thank you. Well, we're going to jump right on in into the um, drinking portion of this. You don't have any news stories? Oh, yeah. News update. Uh, still can't go to concerts. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that's the government. That's their uh, press release on concerts. <laughs> hey, why don't you guys shut the cram up? Um. <laughs> we, uh, we decided to let our guest decide the drink this time. Yeah. Mm, you did. Yes. Thank you. It's a privilege. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided because we were talking about the Saddle Dome and Kanye West and all the shows at the Dome in Calgary. We decided to do most Canadian, but specifically uh, heroin beer. Which you will have to explain because yes, people do not know what that is. Right. So if you're from Calgary um, and you've been it's to shows... Not, it's not beer laced with heroin. Guys. No, no, no. But no, it's not. So um, if you're from Calgary, chances are you've gone to... Um, Flames games, concerts, just lots of events at the, at the Saddle Dome. So the Saddle Dome has, they're known for um, having these like, uh, this, it's called heroin beer. It's dubbed heroin beer because it seems to get you drunker than anything in your entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone, it's like, everyone in Calgary knows this. 
Yeah, so it's heroin beer. It's dubbed heroin beer because it's like it's literally so strong and nobody understands why. And for the longest time, it, all you could get at a concert was Molson Canadian because it was just whatever the stadium was sponsored by. And Molson at the time sta- uh, sponsor was their beer uh, supplier. So they had it was Molson Canadian. And I looked up to see why it was dubbed heroin beer, like why people started calling it that, why it gets you drunker. I could find nothing. So I'm going purely <laughs> on uh, hearsay. I just felt so apparently they have um they they have their own thing on Urban Dictionary. Um, oh, we're it's just <laughs> it's like this one sentence, but it's like it's the nickname for beer at uh, Saddleham in Calgary. And uh, common theories um, include that it's the dirty lines from the kegs in the basement yep. re-fermenting on the way up. We have something that not all the a lot of stadiums have is the nosebleed section. So which yeah, that is was another so much higher theory, than yeah. everywhere else. So by the time it gets all the way up there, yeah. Plus Calgary in general is really high up. So if you're like from out of town, you go to a show, you have two beers, like you're fucked. Like yeah. you're honestly, it's really. <laughs> and I've taken you know family from out of town to like a hockey game, and it's like they get fucking wasted. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nitrogen in the lines as well. So that, you know, it makes you feel drunk and it increases alcohol absorption in your body. Interesting. It's quite the time. Quite the time. Yeah. The other um, couple of things that theories where people had were just, yeah, like Carla said, sitting up high. You can only get two beers at once. And if you're at a hockey game or something or a concert, you don't want to leave. So you get two beers at once. So sometimes by like the third period or the end of the show, you've had like six beers. Now, here's a bit of advice for everyone when we get to be in hockey. Mm -hmm. Period one. Two beers. Period two, two beers. Period three, one beer. One beer. Not two, never two. Can you imagine, what if it goes into overtime and you have to pee? Exactly. That's usually what happens to me, like 99% of the time. Oh, I have to go to the bathroom like every 20 minutes when I'm drinking. The other thing is it's the placebo effect. Everyone knows that it's called heroin beer and it's, because I think it's actually changed since, uh, like the lines aren't the same. I think after the flood, they had to rebuild stuff in the basement, the Calgary floods, 2013. So yeah, I don't even know if it's the same well, as it used to be. But like, I still, I mean, it is. It's that yeah. like you just know. Yeah. They're gonna get a little turned up. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I yeah, I don't even know if it's still the same because it's. It really is like I feel like they replaced all those lines after the flood and and. It's been, uh, but it used to be like, literally, you could feel it after one beer. It was truly like a thing that it wasn't like a, it was not like something that people were making up. It was, every, that's why it's on Urban Dictionary. Like, well, and there's a lot of head on it too, right? If I'm remembering correctly. I think that's, I think that's the nitrogen. I think nitrogen gives beer that And so head. that's, you're saying that also makes you a Well, that's more... what I, I mean, I don't fucking know. I, this is I don't conspir- even know what nitrogen We're now is. a conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> this is Science Corner with Brittany, Lena, and Carla. <laughs> Where is nitrogen? Go <laughs> frig yourself. I keep looking over at our friend who Chantel, who is observing us, who is a teacher, to see if we are making any of the right things. She's just not yeah. looking. She's just shaking her head. She's <laughs> shaking her. Head. She also like when I was trying to explain Louis the Fourteenth oh, was signing it to me. Apparently, <laughs> uh, nitrogen takes off warts. So oh, it does. Yeah. That's what I wanted my yeah. hair. We should mention to you that we have a little bit of an audience this week yes, because we, do. We, uh, do. we decided to combine um, the <laughs> podcast with a barbecue and these are our dearest friends. So uh, my sister, Chelsea, is here. 
our lovely friend Chantel is here. She just waved silently. <laughs> I need you to know that Chantel is classier than all of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, we've had we have Lena this week, so this has actually been a lot of fun. We've uh, we've quit COVID, is what we should tell you. <laughs> we tried. We well, tried. I we forgot tried. it was on. We were really good for a long time. <laughs> we're six feet apart. We washed our hands. So fucking get off it. Do you guys have any uh, history on Molson? I do. Because I don't know when. Uh, John Molson. Was an orphan from uh, Lincolnshire. 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 Uh, <laughs> you guys, we can say it. Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire. Why can I do it if I put a British accent on? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, John Molson was an orphan from Lincolnshire, I- England. Uh, he settled in Montreal in 1782. Wow. In 1786, the young entrepreneur had uh, established a small brewery in Montreal that is today one of Canada's oldest companies. Not just breweries, companies. Right. Uh, the company remained under the family control through successive generations. From 1967 onward, it acquired interests, diversified enterprises, including retail merchandising, the Beaver Lumber Company Limited, and Home Depot Canada. What? Yeah. So Molson owned a Home share Depot. in Home Depot as well as also the- Also about the lumber, Beaver Lumber Company. <gasps> oh my God. Do you think that it's a lumber company that's run by beavers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were really involved in a lot of things. Like, they, they are not just a brewery. They were uh, a company that was one of the first companies in Canada and had a lot of stock and a lot of stuff. Right. Um, in 1993, though, unfortunately, Molson Brewer... I mean, unfortunate to Canadians because we, we identify with it so much, being like our beer kind of thing. In 1993, Molson Breweries and an American beer giant Miller Brewery Company announced a tr- strategic alliance aimed at marketing Mark Molson to be a major player in the American market. So that same decade, Molson also sold its stakes in many of its non-brewing businesses as well. So it sold it from Beaver right. Lumber, sold it from Home Depot. So they don't even have a stock in that anymore. They sell it back to the Beavers. They sold it back to the Beavers. <laughs> I did find out when the first commercial Canadian beer was brewed. So actually, I think you said 17... 1762, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so this was in 1668. Also in Quebec, though, in Quebec City. That was when the, the first commercial Canadian beer was brewed. Which is a lot earlier than I thought. Well, you know what? As soon as you move somewhere, you're going to make beer, right? Yeah, that's got to be the thing. I mean, a lot, there's most stories even like in the early um, days of, you know, shipping and everything like that when we we had no vehicles or anything like that. One of the major commodities being shipped was beer. Right. Yeah. Actually, this is another beer fact, but it has nothing to do with um, the IPA, Mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, Alexander Keith's is a IPA. And the. India, India. Indian Pale Ale. Yeah. So Indian Pale Ales are traditionally uh, brewed with a ton of hops. And the reason for the hops was because they would store the beer in the ship hull. And to get it from here to India, essentially, they would have to put so many hops in it that it would preserve the beer. And that's the only real reason for using hops in beer. And then it became uh, a really uh, prevalent in the like beer community as a, an interesting tasting beer. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I have a couple of concert fact lou reed put on a high frequency my dad loves (laughs) lou reed he put on a high frequency concert for dogs outside the sydney opera house in june 20 i hope this is true because that's the cutest shit i've ever heard i couldn't find out anything it was all just a bunch of stuff before it happened and then i couldn't find out if it actually happened but it would have been inaudible to humans right oh yeah I hope the dogs really liked it. And it was only going to be a 20-minute show because dogs don't have that long of attention span, I guess. Right. And they're not getting all fucked up. 
beer. So they got to go to bed. Yeah. 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 So uh, you guys, we had so much fun again this week. And you know what? One of the, the most helpful things you can do for us is rate the podcast. Uh, rate it on Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, all that kind of stuff. Google Play eventually. Fantastic. So rate us, uh, subscribe, and share it. Uh, the more we get the word out, the more fun we can have. And uh, essentially the drinker we can get every week. <laughs> so if you if you had fun, come back next week. Uh, if you have any ideas for us, God, we'd love to hear them. Please uh, send us a message on our Instagram at LifePairings.com podcast uh on insta uh, you can email us at life pairings podcast at gmail.com we do this every thursday so please come back like share subscribe rate us we love you so much have a wonderful week and we hope to see you next week and thank you so much to our guest lena well thanks so much guys that was a lot of fun i'm your biggest fan (laughs) please have me back i really had a good time (laughs) all right thanks guys Too many beers and I can't talk.